Hi there, I'm Siobhan Hunt and I've got some news to share. Kindling Conversation is getting a brand new name. From January, we will be known as Feed, Play, Love. Everything else will be the same. Brilliant experts and real stories from parents. Stay subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and nothing will change except the name, of course. It's Feed, Play, Love. That's all. Thanks for listening and enjoy the next podcast. Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to a very special helpline. It's a bonus episode with our usual wonderful guest, Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Hello, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This bonus episode does come to you right before Christmas, so we thought we would answer some of the questions we didn't get to this year, just to help you through the Christmas period before we come back live. So let's start out with Emily, who has, she's on the line, she's got a question about her daytime sleep with her nine-month-old. Hi, Emily, how are you? Good, thank you. Tell us what's happening. So my nine-month-old has, never been a great daytime sleeper and at the moment he's going anywhere from 30 minutes in the day to three hours in the day of sleep. Oh, so how many days of three hours versus how many days of 30 minutes? 30 minutes is rare on the low side but um, often I wouldn't get much more than an An hour and a half. An hour and a half maximum would be a pretty consistent good day Um, and then the shorter times tend to be when we've been out and about and I think he suffers from a bit of FOMO and just doesn't sleep. Yeah. Well, Um, he doesn't get enough sleep to cope. No. That's why. Um, But he's generally pretty happy the whole time. Like he doesn't tend to crack it or be unhappy in that time. He's quite, you know, goes with the flow. Um, But I would like a bit more consistency in his afternoon sleeping. Yeah. For my sanity. <laughs> yeah, because half an hour makes a very long 12-hour day, it doesn't does it? It does make a very long 12-hour day, even if you've got a happy baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I can't imagine he's happy the whole time on half an hour, but that's the rarer of yeah, your days. Yeah, very rare, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, generally in your days, does he take two sleeps in the day? Yes, yeah, so he does two sleeps in a day. The first sleep, he generally wakes up about 7 a.m. Yep. His first sleep will be anywhere between... 9 and 10 when it starts and can be, mostly will be around about an hour, sometimes perfect. A over, sometimes can go as long as an hour and a half. Yep, perfect. Um, rarely goes longer than that, yep. but can do up to two hours. If it goes up to two hours, the afternoon's completely shot. Yeah. Um, and then his afternoon sleep is the inconsistent one and so that can be... Yesterday he had 10 minutes. Um, sometimes he'll sleep for 45 minutes. And what and time frame are you using between the sleep anywhere cycles? Anywhere between. So he'll, depending on when he's woken up from his morning nap, he'll generally go a minimum of three hours. But his afternoon nap can start anywhere between one thirty and about 3.30. Okay, so that's the – when you have a baby who's not sleeping consistently – what you are, what you need to be consistent with is your time frame. Okay. So, yep. as happy as he is, 
I'm sure if I looked at him, there would be moments where he would be losing it and he would yeah. show me tired signs. So yeah. I think when there's a baby with con- inconsistent sleep, the only thing the parent can do is be consistent in when they offer that sleep. So yeah. um, if you're saying that generally he, he wakes at seven, then I would at least leave three hours from when he wakes up to go down. So okay. he wouldn't be going Even down before. Unhappy. Well, see, then he's unhappy so that gets back to the, he's unhappy. So, yeah. so I generally go through with his tired signs through his morning nap. And so when he shows me his tired signs, I put him down. Yeah. And but, he sleeps pretty easily. But that's often, that's often only a couple of hours after he's woken up. Okay. So, um, well, generally speaking, I would probably go with the timing because of the inconsistency okay. in it. Yeah. So yeah. I would go three hours in the first window. Yep. And then I'd go three and a half hours in the second window. But yep. what I wouldn't do with him that I might have done with other babies is I wouldn't regulate the sleep. So when okay. he sleeps, I'd let him sleep because yes, of the inconsistency. Yes. So yep. if he slept from 10 o'clock till 11.30, then yep. I would put him down at three, even yep. if he only slept for 45 minutes. Yep. So I think that that's where the consistency needs to come from as opposed to the length of time. Whereas another mum who might have a baby who has much more sleep but it's in an inconsistent pattern, we control the first sleep and we only give them an hour. So I think with this little fellow, I think you're better off controlling the awake windows than controlling how much sleep he has. And if I put him into bed and he doesn't sleep... Because um, when he gets put to bed and he's not ready to sleep, he tends to cry. Yep. And so I'd that, help him go off to sleep. To unhappy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I'd yep. still be helping him over yep. a good 15, 20 minute okay. to try and go yep. to sleep. So okay. I'd, give yep. it, I'd give it a regular pattern of behavior as opposed to whether he will or won't sleep. Okay. Okay. Yep. And that should yep. help regulate his sleep for you. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. No worries. Bye. Next up, we have a question from Georgina, who has a two-year-old and a four-month-old. She says, I need a practical guide to dealing with my toddler, Jack, who's two and two months, and new daughter, daughter Scarlett, almost four months. Right. Uh, she doesn't own a playpen, but has an open kitchen, lounge, and dining room. Yeah. When her daughter was very small, she placed her in a bouncy chair on the kitchen bench out yep. of reach. I want her to move around more as she's getting older, so I place her on a round cushion-type thing or rug on the ground with a few toys where I can see her. Jack is gentle at the beginning, but is pinching <laughs> her, laying on her, yep. and yelling in her face within a minute. Oh, I found him sticking his fingers down her throat yesterday. Oh, he's he'll gener- vomit her. Oh, yeah, that would maybe <laughs> yeah. stop him. He's generally pretty rough through play. Uh, I understand generally toddlers don't realise they are hurting their baby siblings. Oh, but- no, I think they have a bit of an idea what they're oh, doing. <laughs> I've tried a few approaches and nothing's really working. Calming warning before she's on the ground, playing with them to demonstrate gentle, time out when rough, explaining his inappropriate behaviour after he's done it. He also laughs when he's being rough and watches for me. Yeah. If anything now, I hover and continue to check on him after her, which is just more attention. Yeah. He has good language skills, so he asks, oh, that's good. Scarlet down, I gentle, can I put her down on the ground, and he will be gentle. And when told off for being too rough before I can even say it, Scarlet baby, I big boy. I'm not sure um, his understanding 
of his understanding or if he's deliberately getting attention. He can be so sweet with her, kissing her, putting her dummy in, getting her toys and getting excited when she smiles at him. So he adores her. I use lots of praise when he does this to stop it being all negative. Is the answer just separation only? The only distraction that works is if I put the TV on and he even stops watching to annoy her every few minutes. <laughs> Please help. It's becoming such a repetitive cycle of negativity every day. It's bringing the whole house down when it could be an enjoyable time. I think this is a difficult one because a lot of people assume that when the new baby comes home, that's when the toddler is going to, you know, really act out. But I often think it's much further down the track when they've realised that the baby's not going anywhere. Yes, yes. And it's staying. It's like the bad house guest. It won't go home, so I need to help it go. So in this case, um, the first thing I'd do is I'd probably stop talking about it to him a lot. So you're pre-warning him, which reminds him that that's behaviour that he's going to do. And I'd do some very subtle play and mimicking of the behaviour we want. And in amongst that, we need to have a safe place for Scarlet. So getting your porticot out and putting it in the lounge room somewhere that if you had to go to the bathroom quickly or you were distracted doing something, there was a safe place for Scarlet to be because we don't want it to be in a situation where lovely Jack just goes too far and then, you know, sits on her and then, you know, it all goes to pear shape and there's tears from everybody. So... The first thing is I'd set up a safe space. It doesn't need to be a playpen, but it could just be the porticot. The second thing I do is mimic a lot of the behaviour that I'd want. So when you put Scarlet down on the floor, I would be interacting with Jack to distract him from Charlotte as opposed to talking about it all the time. So can you come over here and build a tower with your blocks? I need you to sit in the kitchen and help me with that. Can you take all the lids out of the container cupboard and sort them into the big ones and the small ones? And meanwhile, Scarlett's paying over here all by herself and Jack's been distracted in another area. Then when Scarlett starts crying and you need to go to her, go to her, sort her out, but then maybe put her on the floor, sit beside her and then interact with Jack around Scarlett. So saying, can you bring me over the matching cards and we play the matching game. Now this takes a little bit of time and a little bit of patience because you're not going to get a lot done, but it's better than always telling him what the expectation is and then what happens when he doesn't do it because the level of what he's doing gets attention. So he's quite happy doing it. He doesn't care if he pokes her in the eye because that gets some attention. So we're going to spend a few days just reverting it round the other way. And then at the end of the day, when you put him to bed, say, good play today. Not even good play with Scarlet because that's reminding him. Just good play today. And see if this starts to slowly move it around. And then after a few days, I'd pull back on the mimicking and see how much he can handle. Does he revert back to the old way of, you know, dealing with Scarlet? Or does he happily move on and start playing in a different um, way with Scarlet? So I'd take a little bit of time and a little bit of patience. But it just sounds like a nice, healthy dose of jealousy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that is one of the, it is for me anyway, it was one of the trickiest times. It is the balance you, yeah. when, when they realise the baby isn't going. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's so hard for you as a mum to, yeah. Georgina, I remember that because yeah, you don't want to neglect them. And I call it loving hard. them to death. They start off loving them, kissing them, and then suddenly they're sitting on them. <laughs> like the toddler's confused around their emotion around the baby. So I think if we can mimic it, 
and mimic the gentle play as opposed to constantly talking to him, I think you'll be amazed at how quickly this moves on. Okay, brilliant. Well, good luck with that, Georgina. I hope they end up being good friends. I'm still waiting for my kids to do it, but they do love each other. Mm. They love each other. As well as The love is strong. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Um, This next question comes from Robin, who has a two-year-old. How do I get my two-year-old to go back to sleeping through to 6 a.m.? Since I gave birth to my seven-week-old, he has been waking up during the night and coming into our bed and then waking for the day close to 5 a.m. He's Mm. so tired that he's sleeping for around three hours for his midday sleep. Do I cut his day sleep, he's only two, or let him sleep for as long as he wants, needs to catch up on what he missed? I think we restart to re um, reset his sleep windows because he's definitely overtired, but then he's ended up in your bed. So you've got a behavioural thing. So this is a divide and conquer thing that maybe your partner can help out by dealing with him while you're dealing with feeding a newborn, which can be pretty full on. So the only thing I would say to help your nights is I wouldn't let him sleep for three hours in the day because that just gives him more energy in order to be a lot more consistent in his behaviour at night. So what I would say is that generally as a two-year-old, I'd put him down around 12, 12.30 and I'd have him up between 2, 2.30 and I'd put him to bed at 7.30. So I'd regulate his day first and see if that has an impact in your ability to put him back to sleep in his bed at night. That's the second thing, and that's why you probably need to speak to your partner about it and work out which roles you're going to play, because there's going to be a lot of calling for the other person, i.e. the mother who might be feeding the baby. So as long as your partner and you are fairly much on the same path, you'll be okay. So he's going to need to learn to resettle back into his bed, which will require maybe a period of letting him try that, going in, laying him down, patting him if he won't have that, a little quick cuddle and putting him back into bed and not taking him into your bed because I think everything that's going on in that room is disturbing his sleep as well, which is a new baby, somebody getting up, moving around. So regulate his day sleep. Put him to bed at 7.30, see what fixes itself. And then from there, you need to both work at him getting the message that he's going to go back into his bed and he needs to sleep in his bed. And I think each of those stages will probably take you three or four days to get the momentum of the behaviour to change. I just thought of something. She she mentioned... um, he must be in a bed, obviously, if he can come out and, and visit them oh, in the night. Oh, he comes night. out. And he's only two. two. So would you suggest trying to reintroduce the cot at this he point? He may have come out of his bed too soon. And I would think if he's not two and a half, then he would be a bit soon for coming out of his cot. And the two things might have clashed together. Like he's come out of his cot too soon and now there's a new baby. Like they might have been only within a couple of weeks of each other. But I would put him, if he's in a bed, I'd put him back in a cot. There's many a baby that I've suggested to a parent where I'd go, put them back in their cot. They're not ready for a bed. And I think people can rush the bed thing because a new baby's coming. But you don't rush the toddler's behaviour because there's a new baby coming. You've got to manage those behaviours. So I would agree with you, Siobhan. Maybe he needs to go back in his cot because he's looking for the boundaries around him to feel more secure. 
And I only suggested that because I have heard Chris say it a thousand thousand times. (laughs) I do not have the wisdom, people. I am just a good listener. (laughs) This is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you have a question for Chris, you can email us during the break. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au because, yes, we are letting Chris have a holiday for roughly (laughs) about two weeks. Um, Our first episode in 2019 will be available from this podcast feed with our brand new name, Feed, Play, Love. The new episode will be available on the morning of Monday, January the 14th. Now, Chris will be back answering your questions right after this. Sorry to interrupt, but I have some important news to share with you. Kindling Conversation is changing its name. In 2019, your favourite parenting podcast will be known as Feed, Play, Love. Nothing else is changing, just the name, but we thought we'd give you the heads up. Stay subscribed and you'll get new episodes every morning. That's all. Enjoy the rest of the episode. You're listening to a special bonus episode of Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue, where she's answering some questions we didn't get to in 2018. If you have a question you'd like her to answer in the new year, the email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Our next question comes from Jane, who has an eight-week-old and a two-year-old, and I'm starting to suspect that maybe we have a mother's group <laughs> we have a emailing theme. all of their <laughs> questions in because you, you tend to have your babies at the same time. Um, she has an eight-week-old eight son and a two-year-old daughter. Yep. For the past couple of weeks, it has been taking us 20 to 30 minutes to get our little boy to sleep, then have to resettle 40 minutes later. He's rocked and settles within five minutes, closes his eyes. We rock for a few more minutes and then put him down in his cot. He opens his eyes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes then we just have to shush him and he closes his eyes and sleeps. However, most likely he cries and we settle in his cot by shushing and occasionally giving a dummy. But with that, he sucks, goes to sleep and then wakes when he drops it. Then we start the whole process again until eventually he sleeps for 40 minutes. Then we have to go into resettle, which happens 50% of the time. So we are finding it all very frustrating. She's got some facts here. She says he's breastfed on demand pretty much every three to four hours throughout the day. Six to eight feeds in 24 hours. Overnight wakes once or twice at 2.30 and sometimes again at 5.30 for a feed. Last feed at 8 or 9 o'clock. Yep. Wakes at 7. White noise in a dark room. Uses a love to dream. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I know what that is. Awake time is 60 minutes or when he shows tired signs like yawning, jerky, being jerky or crying. We try to rock until sleepy but not fully asleep. We do let him cry a little bit to see if he can settle himself. Occasionally use a dummy to calm and sometimes we'll sleep with it. But once he drops it, wakes, she's mentioned that before. Um, Obviously, he is able to settle himself in the night as he will sleep from 9 till 2.30 and back straight to sleep after a feed. Having an active toddler who just wants to be around is also tricky, trying to settle him in one room for so long to just be back there for 10 minutes or 40 minutes later after they've been semi-successful. By the end of the day, we have a very overtired boy who will be awake for hours before finally falling asleep at 9 p.m. What do we do? Will we be forever grateful for some tips and tricks to get this little boy happy and sleepy? Okay, Jane, there's a few things here that I can see immediately that we can fix this. And the first one would be that you need to start putting him down and then settling him, not settling him and then put him down because that's why he wakes up. 
So he's now hit eight weeks old. So he'll probably stay awake watching tide signs more closer to the hour and a half if we can get him out of the 40-minute 40, 40 cycles. So once we can extend that sleep, he'll go for about an hour and a half. And in a way, that makes the settling a little bit easier. He probably won't go much more than the hour and a half, though, if you're looking as a guide. The next thing is... Um, you're putting him in a swaddle and he's probably too young for a swaddle. I know it's very confusing when there's so much out there in wrap land to wrap a baby in. I could almost do a podcast on wrapping alone. <laughs> Maybe we should. So, yeah. So, this in with an eight-week-old, I would go back to a nice little stretchy jersey wrap. So, he's got movement, but wrapping his arms to his body because the love to dream does have his arms up and he often flaps a lot with that. And he can also be touching the sides of his little bassinet. So, so the first thing I would do is look at his timing. Um, he seems to be feeding fine about every three, three and a half hours. That sounds about right for his age. He, If we could get him to sleep longer, he would stay awake a little bit longer, which would also weirdly help the settling. Um, look at the way you're wrapping him. He's probably a little bit too young for the love to dream and maybe go back to something that brings his arms to his body and that might help his body calm down and stay asleep. And the last one is that he needs to be put down first so he knows where he's sleeping, then using those techniques. So I wrap him, cuddle him and dim the room in that sequence. Lots of people take their babies into dark rooms and that almost freaks the baby out. So my room is light. I've wrapped him. I've given him a cuddle, gone over to the, to the window, closed the blinds down so it's like a dim grey room quick little cuddle, popped him in his bed, tucked him in so he feels secure. And then if he's calm and quiet, I walk away and give him a few minutes. I go back when I hear the baby. So it starts with a call out, ends up into a little whingy cry period. At that point, I put my hands on maybe rock or pat, depending on what the baby's in. And I'm probably doing that for two to three minutes. So that's where it gets difficult with the two-year-old standing outside the door going, mummy, mummy, mummy. And if that wasn't working and has been ineffective, it's at that point I'd try the dummy. So I don't try the dummy way back in the beginning. I try it now where the first attempt to settle him isn't working. I put the dummy in. Then I rock a little bit more with my hand on him. So he's in his bed at this point. It might be a body rock. It could be a rocking, jiggling movement of the bassinet. And from there, hopefully he will drop off to sleep. Now, as he drops off to sleep and has gone to sleep, I'd go back and inch the dummy out of his mouth, put my hand on, give him a few more rocks and then try and leave the room. I think the difficulty is now that he's getting older, the settling is taking longer. And so we're rushing the settling because the toddler's out there. So we've got this funny little imbalance between the family and everybody needs to get to, you know, understand that the little babies take longer they take 15 20 minutes to go to sleep but we've got a toddler out there as well so set your toddler up if if we've got a favorite you know pepper pig I'd only put it on when you were doing this settling so that you knew that she was sitting there for whatever pepper pig goes for 15 minutes and that gives you the window but I'd only use it in that window where you might be settling this little one twice a day the other days the other times you might be out doing things so have a little rethink about it set you set your system up again um, but I would take him out of the wrap and I'd put him down awake before I started settling him and see if that makes a difference 
Good luck, Jane. I had no idea what I was doing when my kids yeah, were that age. But lots no of people, idea. lots of people don't know so what they're doing. Tricky. It is so amazing, tricky. especially the balance, the juggle yes. one. They're really tough. The toddler and yeah. trying to get them occupied. Yeah, anyway, and then good they luck, don't have Jane. the attention span to do it. No, but you will no. come through it, Jane. Yeah, one day he'll easy. be three and she'll be one, and I mean she'll be three and he'll be one, and it'll all be good. It'll all be easier. Well, this question comes from Susie, who has a four-year-old. Help. My just-turned-four-year-old daughter has, over the last month, started coming into our bed overnight, usually with no issue, but she is then up at 5 a.m. every morning. Is there anything we can do to change this? Thanks, Susie. Walk her back to bed. This is just a pure choice one. Either get a bigger bed so everyone's much more comfortable. California king. Yeah, or just king. That'll work with one for you. <laughs> no, I want a California <laughs> Got to fit it in. Got to fit it in a room. True. Um, That's true. It's very true. So one, you either accept the behaviour. Usually a four-year-old, they're sleeping quite well at night. They've got busy days. So it's not a sleep-related issue, like not too much sleep in the day is affecting her nights. I think this is just a behavioural thing and it's it's a family decision whether you accept the behaviour of coming in. My theory is she won't be there when she's 21. Another one would be put a bed on the floor, a little pillow and a doodah on the floor and say if you come in that's where you're sleeping. So you're defining the sleeping space for her so you're not objecting to her coming in but she's not sleeping in the bed with you. Well, the third one, which is my all-time favourite, is walk her back to bed. And I think the unfavourite parent, because usually they want one parent over the other, the other parent gets up and does it, it's even more successful. <laughs> I love that. Does that sound good, Susie? That means you get to stay asleep. Yeah, because we know who she wants. <laughs> yes, pretty much. But also with a four-year-old, they do have that cognitive development. So I'd be saying to her at, at bedtime, I want you to stay in your bed. If you get out of bed, I will be walking her back. So I don't want to start something in the middle of the night where she's already out of bed. I'd be telling her before she goes to bed, this is our expectation. This is your bed. We can come to you and give you a kiss and a cuddle, but you're not coming into our bed. So you've got to set the expectation up. And if she does really well, then in the morning, I just say, you've done great. I don't go overboard. I'm not clapping, cheering, and there's a small bit marching band going through the house. <laughs> I'm just, you know, you've done a good job. And then I do a gentle reminder the next night. And then usually it comes together from All it. Right. It's more habit than anything. Yeah. I did it for years. Me too. And slept with the light on. So Yeah, we've all been there, haven't yeah. we? Well, good luck with that, Susie. Uh, this is Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. A special bonus episode before we let Christmas, uh, let Christmas, before we <laughs> let Chris dance off to the Christmas holidays. I've got visions of you running off into the sunset. Um, we sort will of. bring her back. Our first live um, Facebook Live will be on January 11 at 11.30 a.m. You can join us there or you can listen to the podcast, which will be out on the Monday morning, the following Monday on the 14th. If you have a question during that time, you need to email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Our next question comes from Rachel. My almost 20-month-old sleep school-trained toddler is broken. (laughs) We used to put her into her cot at night and she would fall straight asleep. These last two weeks, she started crying hysterically until we go in. I try for 10 minutes. Sometimes she's thrown her comforter out of the bed. Other times she's standing and just bawling, proper crying, not sucking. It has taken an hour to get her to sleep most nights and will often end in myself going, 
going in and picking her up for a cuddle on her chair until she is pretty sleepy and I pop her in bed and she self settles. This usually ends up being around 8 o'clock. She usually sleeps till 7am. So that's something. She used to wake around 6 or 5.30. Day sleep is usually one and a half to two and a half hours maximum from 12. So always up by 2.30. So bed around 7, 7.30. I'm really confused as to why she has started doing this. She th- uh, we, she's thinking, um, Rachel's thinking that maybe it might be the light in her room. We have block out blinds, but it's still very light at that time. Or maybe too much day sleep. Any advice would be appreciated. I think it's too much day sleep. So um, it's not that it's too much day sleep, but it's affecting the nights. So if she's 21 months, is that right? That's tw- 20, almost 20 months. So I would be putting her down around 12.30 and getting her up at 2.30, but I wouldn't be putting to bed till 7.30. Okay. So let's regulate the sleep in the day. Because I think the habit of the behaviour is now dominating over the reason why it started. And interestingly, whether she does it in the day. So if she goes down quite easily in the day, it's something she's associating to the night. And the other question I usually ask parents when they have um, a concern like this is, do they do it for the partner as much as they do it for you. Because I think when they get to this age, they're very aware that you're just outside the door. It's like something's clicked and they've decided you're just out there and you could come back again. But I actually think the technique you're using to settle her is right. So let's see if we modify what she's doing in the day, whether that helps. So the the minimum sleep I'd let her have is an hour and a half. Maximum would be two hours, awake by 2.30, going down at 7.30. And then continue doing what you're doing, except that when you pick her up to give her the comfort, when you get to that point, don't sit in the chair. Just pick her up, give her the comfort, calm her right down, put her down and put your hand on her and give her a little pat and see if she can self-settle from there. Because I got a feeling then she'll be demanding the chair. She'll start pointing to the chair as you come through the room. So using the techniques right So keep going. I know it's not easy, but keep going. But modify what she's doing in the day and putting her to bed at 7.30 might just help regulate the whole thing back into place again. Good luck, Rachel. Uh, This question comes from Samantha. My almost four-year-old has just started hitting me and his father out of temper when he doesn't get his own way. We don't smack our son, usually dragging him into his room and let him cry does the trick. Then we ask him why he did. He Why Why he hit him go into his room, and then we have a cuddle, and all is well with the world again. Oh. So why, why did he hit? Yeah. Um, yesterday we were playing, and he punched me in the mouth because I wouldn't kiss his head better as oh. he was sitting on my head. He gave my teeth quite a good knock. Crikey. I don't know where this behavior is coming from. Any ideas on how to curb it before it becomes a big issue? hope your teeth are all right, Samantha. I think <laughs> angering kids... And when it's deliberate and intent like that, you have to look at why that's happening. So the types of questions and the types of things I'd be looking at is how many days of daycare, how much time does he spend with you? But it sounds like you were out and about when this happened. So I think this is a really tough one because you're doing the right thing by he's done something to hurt you, so therefore you've timed him out. I think the hard thing is then you give him a cuddle. So my theory on that is, but we don't know the distance between the time out and the cuddle, 
But if you take him in for time out and then you give him a cuddle straight away, it's a little bit confusing to him. Whereas if you had timed him out and he's calmed down and he's relaxed and then you give him a cuddle and you talk about things, I think that's a different thing. So we have to be careful not to just cuddle them all the time. Because my theory on that's like when somebody shoots someone and his mother goes and cuddles him and says, oh, yeah, that's a bad thing, but I'll give you a cuddle. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, really, it's a really hard place to be in, isn't it, as a parent? You want to comfort them, but they've done something wrong. So um, I would definitely do the time out like you're doing. I would wait for him to calm down completely before I engage him in conversation. I wouldn't necessarily ask him, why are you angry? Because I don't think they know when they've done it. Um, so I would talk in a different way. I think I would talk about the fear. I would do empathy and sympathy. So it made mummy, it really hurt mummy when you hit, when you punched mummy or hit mummy, whatever it was that he did. I'd start with empathy and sympathy. You know, it makes me very sad when you do that because I can't help you. You could then do reflect. So reflect on what happened. I said that we couldn't go out to the park because we were going later. Let's say that was the incident. So I do the um, empathy, sympathy and reflection before he got the cuddle because the cuddle's more the forgiveness part. So I need to do these things before I can do that cuddle. And then his world's okay. But I think if it's happening with frequency... We need to see why that might be happening. He could be just tired. You know, it's the end of the year. He's a four-year-old. He's tired and he's lashing out. But we need to work out where that anger's coming from. And as long as he's getting a consistent message from his parents that that's not on in his family, it could just be a phase he's going through because anger does crop up in children's development at different times. And they're big emotions. They can't they're control huge. them. They're that's huge. Why, that's why people saying, why did you hit your sister? doesn't make any sense to them because no. they don't know. And they you don't can know see why. it in their eyes as Yeah, well, they're like, they? why are you asking me that? I don't know why I did that. Mm. Um, so doing the empathy, sympathy, reflection, and then forgiveness being the cuddle gives them an avenue to be able to talk or gives them an avenue to understand what they did actually hurt someone. And I know they're really big concepts, but four-year-olds, this is where we're starting with four-year-olds, you know, empathy, sympathy. So if one hits another child, we say to the child, he hit, how did that make you feel? And the child tells him. That's that start of that conversation. So I actually think you're doing the right things. We might just change the order, but I think you need to look at the frequency of where the anger's coming from and the frequency of it. Um, for to get a bit of a background on where it might be coming from. All right. This is Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. Um, we have time for one more question, and you can email us during the break when we let Chris off the hook and she gets to go <laughs> and have a holiday. The email to write to is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Our last question comes from Kelly. She has a nine and a half week old who has just started sleeping regularly around six to ten hours at night. Fabulous. To date, I've been feeding on demand during the day, but approximately every three to three and a half hours. So the time of his last feed before the overnight sleep always varies from about 7 p.m. onwards. Should I be doing anything such as a dream feed to support these longer sleeps at his age? What time should his last feed be? And if necessary, should I wake him for this? Also, he will often have at least one sleep a day in the pram and doesn't sleep nearly as well in his bed. Any suggestions for getting him off to sleep and keeping him asleep in the pram? Thank you. Right. Okay. Two things there. Yeah. So the nights, I wouldn't, 
I'm not a believer in dream feeds. I can't understand why anybody would wake a baby to give it a feed. So the answer to the dream feed for me is no, I wouldn't wake him because he's developing a good pattern of sleeping. So why would you wake him up to disturb that? And it often doesn't lengthen the sleep from that point. So um, in that case, I would just let him go. He's still young, so I don't think there has to be a set time to go to bed. I think you're doing a really good job in that he's feeding about every three to three and a half hours. As he gets older, it'll feel more consistent to waking at a particular time within half an hour in the morning and going to bed in, you know, that window between 6.30 and 7.30 at night. So I think there's a lot of really good things that are happening, and I think we need to be a little bit patient. He's still really young and that he's going to get better and better at what he's doing. Um, so that was the the going to bed. The last part was um, he is more alert because he is getting older, and we do have to do more for settling him and helping him to sleep in his bed. Going out once a day in the pram is a great idea, um, whereas the others I would still be doing in his bed because he needs that learned experience on how to do it. And I'd be putting him down awake, and then settling him, not settling him in my arms and putting him down. So we're making that difference now between the cuddles in your arm and going down, um, cuddles as in cuddling to sleep, and um, the ability to be put down and help him go back to sleep. So those two things are coming up age appropriate. So I think you've just hit that mark where things are changing a little bit and we need to rethink about it. So take the steps really slowly and I'm sure he will still do really beautifully for you in sleep. Beautiful. Well, Kelly, um, thank you for your question. That's all we have time for today. Chris, thank you for this bonus episode. Oh, it's a pleasure. Don't forget that um, many of the questions people have is already available um, from previous episodes of Helpline, which you can find on our website under Kindling Helpline. Just go to kindling.com.au. This is, however, our very last Helpline for 2018. Next year we'll be back bigger and better than ever. And we are making Chris come back up. <laughs> we are. <laughs> she will be here to help you. Never fear. Absolutely. Um, so from January 11, we'll be doing a Facebook Live every Friday from 11 11.30am on the Kindling Facebook page and the podcast will be available every Monday morning after that. If you want to get your questions in for that show, just email our brand new email. Just email helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. That's all for this episode of Helpline. Chris, thank you so much for your help this year. Thanks for coming in. As always. Pleasure. Uh, So that is, of course, our last episode of Helpline. Chris and I will will be back on January 11th at 11.30 a.m. on Facebook. From everyone here at Helpline, Chris, myself and our producer, Elise Cooper, happy holidays and thanks for listening. Hi there, I'm Siobhan Hunt and I've got some news to share. Kindling Conversation is getting a brand new name. From January, we will be known as Feed, Play, Love. Everything else will be the same. Brilliant experts and real stories from parents. Stay subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and nothing will change, except the name, of course. It's Feed, Play, Love. That's all. Thanks for listening and enjoy the next podcast.